What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret. And visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, your daily Premier League podcast, the only place where you can find daily Premier League podcasts brought to you by the Sports Social. So make sure you go and subscribe. It's a seven-day-a-week operation and there's loads to talk about, as always. I'm Niall McCorn. Alongside me in the studio today, we have Steve McNaughton. Hello, Steve. Hello, Niall. And hello, ha- Stefan. And we have Stefan Armstrong. Hello, Stefan. Hello, Steve. Hello, Niall. Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> hello, everyone that's listening as well. Very formal start to the show. If you're a Spurs fan... I don't think that you would be laughing right now, though, because last night in the Champions League, you lost 7-2 to Bayern Munich. Now, in general, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has been pretty decent for Spurs in terms of their form since it was built and since they started playing games there. However, conceding seven goals, an unwanted landmark for Spurs last night. They ended up losing the game 7-2, as I said, to Bayern Munich in the group stages of the Champions League. Brilliant game for the neutral. Painful if you're a Spurs fan. What does this mean for Spurs? And I guess the main question, Steve, is what does this mean for Maurizio Pochettino? Well, if we talk about the game first, I think the word that comes into my mind is embarrassing. Yeah, I think you know conceding seven goals at home to anyone is is just a massive no go. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I think, it? unacceptable. Yeah. I think if Bayern Munich rock up and they win at, at, at Tottenham four two, you're thinking mm, it's been a bit of a game that, but seven two. And then when I seen the highlights late last night. And seeing the manner in which the goals were conceded, absolutely pathetic down that right hand side of the defence. Um, looking at the lineups, you know, Serge Aurier in there, um, Alder Weirel, Batongan, and, and Danny Rose uh, with Lloris, um, you'd expect considerably better. And it's just, it's symbolic of what's going on at Tottenham at the minute, isn't it? I mean, I watched Pochettino's conference after it with interest to see how he'd react. I thought he actually come over quite well in it. He, um, I, th- I thought he was great how he came over afterwards. Yeah, he, very philosophical. He said, um, "Football is about today; it's not about yesterday." Yeah, which tells me that he's a man under pressure. He is a man under pressure, but I think he's brought a lot of that pressure on himself as well. By the way, that he has been acting and responding to certain things since the Champions League final, really, mm. in June. And I'm not convinced. Like I've been quite vocal about it on the podcast before that he does want to be at Tottenham anymore. He, I think he's. he's his mind's in Madrid because that is imminent. Oh, Zizou's gone. He's Zizou's gone. gone, so he's you know, there. I, mean, I don't well, know if we get into that. In they a bit, drew two two with Club Rouge last night. Yeah. Real Madrid. And Courtois that was a difficult game to watch. Courtois well. was hooked off at half time. Who did was he, he put on instead of Courtois? Uh, the, uh, Ariola from uh, PSG. I'm not sure, but certainly Courtois was was removed at half time. I, I think to be to be fair to Tottenham last night, I don't think it was a seven two game because. Um, it was just 10 bad minutes, but two spells of 10 bad minutes. 
which which just is absolute nail in the coffin. The goals were 53-55, and then again 83-87-88. Mm. It, it was just a complete switch off, which is disappointing. But um, when it went when it went um, at, at the beginning of the game, when they went one nil up, and then all right, they went two one down. It looked like something was going to happen. It looked all right. I think the thing is for me. I, I take your point. I think the thing is that when Man City or or Liverpool have bad 10-minute spells, that's usually just a loss of possession and it backs to the wall a little bit. Tottenham have conceded four goals there, you know, in two bad minutes, two bad 10-minute spells, which this is the elite of club football. It doesn't get any higher. To be fair, it was elite last night because Bayern Munich, uh, Lewandowski and Gnabry were just on fire. They they played 10 out of 10. You compare that to Spurs, who had the most chances in the first 10 minutes. Son had two or three shots. Probably should have squared it a couple of times. Spurs could have been three 0 up yeah. in the first ten minutes. Well, Harry, Harry Kane had a chance to 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 put him ahead as well there two one. Yeah, um, and and that was a really good chance going round the keeper. I mean, but, but, strong Tottenham team as well, wasn't it last night? You know, when you, you go but, through. But the here's the question: this, strong, strong Tottenham team, the same but, team as last year, but it needs refreshing, right? Yeah, yeah, it must do because if you look here, Serge Aurier, how he's got away with one of the challenges he put on on David Alaba, by the way, he jumps up two footed and stamps down on Alaba and it is disgraceful yeah, and he didn't off. even get didn't even get yellow card it's it's I think, I think it's ridiculous the rose challenge in the box as well should have oh, should have been a penalty honestly, to buy in so it could have been worse. shocking but, he got sent off in the last game Aurier I don't think wants to be there Hugo Lloris he's been liable to mistakes recently he's had a tough time in his personal life in the last 18 months he's been at Spurs a while he's the captain is he leading by example not with the mistake he made against Southampton last week in the Premier League Danny Rose has said he doesn't know if he's going to stay at the club he's still there Christian Eriksen said he wants to leave I think Yang Vertonghen has said he wants to leave what's going on Ali is a shadow of his former self these players are either burnt out, past it, don't want to be there. Something is wrong at the yeah. core of Spurs. As I said on the podcast last week that I think it's the end of a natural cycle for Spurs. And the time to kind of freshen that up was the summer. It didn't happen. They brought in a couple of signings. All right, one for big money. but Well, two for big money because Low Celso was decent cash as well. But if, if, I'm, if I'm a player like Harry Kane and I'm looking at these players coming in, I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm, I don't feel like we're going to challenge next season. So you, you're going to feel a bit low, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, of course you are. And and this is what some Spurs fans say on Twitter. I honestly don't want to see Aurier ever play for us again. His performance was disgraceful. Another says, Hugo Lloris, been here a while. Aurier, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Walker-Peters, not good enough. Rose passed it. Davis, not good enough. Out of rail, getting on. Vertonghen, getting on. Wanyama, sh**. Dyer, who the f*** knows about him? Ali, shadow of two years ago. Ericsson, worried about his wife. Um, all need replacing <laughs> with quality. Um, Harry Kane's the only one that's getting off lightly there, obviously. Because um, the only one who, he's the only one who turns up, though, isn't he? Yeah, and Son as well. But, but in all fairness, it, it, it played pretty well last night. But to, to concede seven goals, how painful is it that Serge Gnabry scored four of them celebrating at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? A former Arsenal man, someone who Tony Pulis took on loan at West Brom yeah, and sent him back to Arsenal because he wasn't good enough. He didn't set the world on fire when he was over it, did he? I, I like stories like, like uh, is it Nabry or Gnabry? Is that how you, how uh, you Gnab- Gnabry. 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 Uh, I like stories like this because it's a lad who who struggled in, in the Premier League. He was loaned to, a, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, West Brom a championship at that point, or were he still I in the Premier League? I think they were still Premier League. Still Premier League by an old school manager whose methods and philosophies are, are very much out of date. He's been picked up by Bayern Munich, which was a surprise to everyone when yeah. he signed for him. Yeah, and he's just kicked on, and he's put his, you know, I he, mean, was, what is it, he was he was rapid four? last night. Uh, he was, and I've never oh. seen anyone except maybe Ronaldo, even Lewandowski and Kane don't seem to do this. Hit the ball as hard along the ground 
like a low shot into the corner. Yeah. One of his goals just flew in mm. like an absolute rocket. It was and, the fourth one, that uh, wasn't it? Uh, he just hammered it in. Yeah. Low past Larice. He just had no chance. Larice had still just barely dived off the ground by the time the ball had passed him. Um, but yeah, he, he played really well. You're half German, aren't you, Stefan? So you can, I am. Is it Canabri, Nabri? Let's put us out I'm, of our I'm misery gonna, I'm going to say Nabri. Nabri. Yeah. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound German. <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, but anyway, in all fairness, um, Arsenal fans have been coming around saying, ah, oh, well, Spurs taking the piss out He's of Spurs. He's one fans. of our own. Yeah, all of that stuff. I think we should remind Arsenal fans, the last three meetings between yourselves and Bayern Munich, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1. Yeah, so back in your box. So back in your box. North London okay. is not red. North London definitely isn't red. Uh, Bayern taking the mickey out of all North London opponents. Mm. Jan Vertonghen said he felt extremely hurt and ashamed after But he's the responsible. He's, he's, you know, he's got to take ownership of what's happened last night. And, and you know, coming out and giving all the sound bites that fans want to hear, like he's embarrassed and he's deeply hurt inside. You're on the pitch. You know, you could have kind of, you know, contributed to stopping the rot at 4-2 four, four, down. Do, do you know what? Honestly, it isn't going to be a popular view. I think these things happen in football. And I think Tottenham on a different night, it could have been a different story. So I wouldn't get carried away with this is the demise of Tottenham Hotspur. I think in, in all reality, they'll probably still get through the league. Um and Pochettino will still be in a job come Christmas. <laughs> a big Harry, shout, Harry Kane will still be at Tottenham Hotspurs in 2025, having not won anything with Jamie Vardy being a more successful Premier League player than him. That's how it's all going to end. Uh, it was also mooted last night that Harry Kane perhaps lacks ambition for staying at Spurs. Yeah, Rio, it, Rio Ferdinand was saying that last night. It was on BT, said that. Yeah, was it. In that case, then, did Alan Shearer lack ambition? Was Alan Shearer unambitious? What do you want to be a one club man, or do you want to, or do you want to win trophies? So Rio, Rio Ferdinand went down the trophies route, but like, look, one one of your idols, Steve, Stephen Gerrard, yeah. he's a one club man. He didn't win as many trophies as he could have done. But I think that I mean, yeah, you're right. He never won the league at Liverpool, but he pretty much won everything else, uh, you know, including the big one in Istanbul in 2005. So I kind of understand the logic because Liverpool were on the cusp quite a few times, even though they're nowhere near what they are now. Um, there's something to be said for it and I think when Alan Shearer had a decision to sign for, for Newcastle because I think he talked to United as well didn't he at the, at the same time Newcastle he probably thought actually I probably can win something here because the you know uh, who signed, was it Bobby Robson who signed him or was it Keegan who I signed him I think Keegan before, and then Robson yeah. came in afterwards yeah, yeah. and um, they they weren't a million miles off you know domestic success at that point so but he, he'd been around by that point a little bit Shearer he'd been at Southampton then won the league with Blackburn so he'd, he'd already won something which is a little bit different. Harry Kane has won nothing. He's won the Golden Boot in the World Cup. Oh, congratulations. Didn't he, win the, um, <laughs> didn't he win the League Cup as well? We'd have to double-check that, didn't he? Because I seem to remember Tottenham winning um, at Wembley uh, about 10 years ago, something like that. It might have been on loan at Leicester or somewhere. It could have been. Could have been. I'd have to double-check it. Like, But I think for Tottenham, uh, I, I understand the point you've just made, Stefan, but I think that when we've had the catalogue of events since the 1st of June at the club, yeah. With Mauricio Pochettino, with the team selections, with the tactics on the pitch and abject performances, let's be honest about it. I think that there is a wider problem going on. It's a downward on spiral. That will, it is going to raise its head at some point. I mean, we touched on Real Madrid. I mean, you know, he, he's dragged his keeper last night as a, as a you know desperation move. That's pretty hostile doing that, uh, you know, dragging Courtois at half time. So the wheels are falling off at Real Madrid. And I think if Pochettino did leave. Uh, t- uh, Tottenham very soon. I don't think his stock would be too damaged. Then I think he'd probably, you know, wheel himself into Real Madrid and get that job quite easily. Well, that'd be an interesting swap move: Zidane to Tottenham and Pochettino to Real Madrid. How about that? I think I'll agree. Go to Tottenham if, if the job come free. I just they need new players. 
Yeah, hundred percent. They, they didn't get the right st- players. Where do you start though with it? Cash. Daniel well, Levy. But you know, which, uh, what I mean is, what positions do you, do you address first? If you're Tottenham, I mean, you've it's signed a Dombley, you've signed up Lo Celso. You, one that we keep forgetting as well is they've signed uh, Sessignon, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And he's been injured. Well, so. they, they got rid of Trippier. How big a mistake could that have been? Trippier, who's a main man for Atletico Madrid as well. The way that Diego Simeone is utilising him and the stuff that's coming down the right-hand side for Atletico Madrid turned out great for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Spurs 2, Bayern Munich 7 wow. in the second group game of the Champions League. Wow, indeed. Coming up in the next part of the podcast, we'll be talking about Liverpool and Red Bull Salzburg as they clash this evening in the Champions League. Lille take on Chelsea. Also, Bernardo Silva has been charged by the FA for that tweet uh, in relation to Benjamin Mendy. We'll also be talking to Julian Dow, former professional footballer, next. He'll be letting us know his opinion on the situation. Stay tuned here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily from the Sports Social. This is your daily Premier League podcast, the only place you can find daily Premier League podcasts. Thanks for joining us this morning. We've just been talking about Tottenham Hotspur as well. Capitulation, devastating result for them in the Champions League, losing 7-2 to Bayern Munich. But it's also come out this morning that the FA have charged Bernardo Silva with a tweet uh, in relation to Benjamin Mendy, um, which, of course, many people felt had connotations of racism. It's been a massive talking point in the Premier League over the last week or so. And joining us on the line now to give his take on the situation is uh, former professional footballer Julian Dell, who's also the creator of Football for Football, which is a, a great free online resource uh, for grassroots football clubs, players and coaches alike. Thanks for joining us, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So this whole Bernardo Silva, Benjamin Mendy situation... I think it's quite clear that both players are friends, uh, as you'd expect. Um, I think our overriding opinion from here in the studio is that it it was a naive tweet, if anything else. I mean, if you take the racial connotations out of it or even leave them in, the first thing that came to mind for me is, you're a professional footballer. Is it worth the risk even tweeting something along those lines? Well, that just goes to show the kind of team spirit that Manchester City have in place, that they feel that they can, you know, converse in such a way as friends. As you mentioned before, Silver and Mendy have known each other from their Monaco days, so they have got history as being, you know, real friends. And I think that naivety, to a certain degree, you could put it, you could label that. But on the same token, I just think he just thought it was totally linear, not a problem. In your opinion, then, there's there's no sort of issue there you know it's the same way as if somebody was saying they're putting a bit of weight or they're wearing bad gear it's all about context and as regards to them being teammates and more importantly friends you can see why you know silver and even mendy you know backed it up with you know smile emojis when he saw the the uh the, the tweet and it all comes down to context so in this situation then bernardo's been charged by the FA. I, I, I'm not sure whether Manchester City will appeal or not. If you're Manchester City, I mean, what do you recommend in this situation? Is it just okay, take the the slap on the wrists in inverted commas and move on, or, or I mean, do you fight your corner even harder in this case? I think they're going to have to appeal because if it's looking like you know the FA is supposed to recommend a six-game ban, which yes, it is to the letter of the law if it was used in a racial and aggressive and also you know a directed tweet and it took offence by the uh, the player who's recipient of such a sort of you know racial slur as it were. But as it, you know, if it goes to the uh, tribunal, if it goes to you know appeal, if, if if Mendy's there and he fights his corner, I can't see the FA 
you know, following it through. So City would be well within their rights and, um, you know, believes that they would have to support the player. You work with a lot of young players, Julian. So what's the kind of vibe in terms of teaching them how to use social media and, and what they should and shouldn't say or whether they should use it at all? I mean, what sort of things do, do young players get told these days? The clubs these days, especially at the Premier League level, they they do give their young players social media training. But again, the training is how to conduct themselves online. But I think the actual way that they do conduct themselves comes from the home. Like other people keep throwing back in, you know, any sort of race discrimination and, you know, objection against, you know, any sort of discrimination comes from, you know, social and cultural backgrounds, whether, you know, from the home, basically. So the clubs can only do so much as regards to um, guiding players of what to put out and how to conduct themselves online. But I think it comes down to the individual. And as we're pulling it back to Mendy and Silver, you know, these people are, you know, friends, you know, even the managers, you know, back to me, you know, only for a few years. And again, I can only go back to my the work I've done with football for football I actually went over to Monaco when I spoke with the coaches there and one of the big things that they said when they won the title in 2016 was that they they had such a great team spirit they created such a warm and friendly environment that they put you know the players five they were friends they are friends they were like a family is it a fine line though between what is acceptable and what isn't nowadays i think now maybe it's a little bit more of a grey area than maybe it was uh, a few years ago. Yeah, it's a grey area to the point where the FA and, you know, the governing bodies have to react, you know, forcefully in the first instance. It's better to go hard and come down than go soft with being told they're not being, you know, stringent enough. So I think it's a bit knee-jerk on behalf of the FA, but they have to do something. And even, you know, when you see, you know, bodies such as kick it out, they have to make a presence, they have to make a noise, that's what the fund is for, that's what they're supposed to be there for, but I think in this particular instance, you know, the the line is very, very blurred. I think you're right, and you see a sort of a mixed reaction from people. This is a difficult situation because there's a lot of people that say it isn't outrightly racist and and like you say it's a team spirit between two friends i think john barnes has come out and taken that route as well why do you think this particular tweet and this particular situation has split opinion so much it's a very high profile player at a very high profile club and it's in a very high profile league so yes they have to make a noise they have to jump in they have to say something but if you look at the the picture and you know the tweet in itself you're talking about you know that spanish brand that makes peanuts it's not it hasn't been used in the same connotation say the robinson gollywog back in the day mm. you know it's not where you know you have the the racial you know fractions using that as their sort of like mantra some their label when they're being discriminated or when they're being you know um they're trying to racially abuse someone i'm not saying you know this is going to be their new pinup boy but this is something that he's just done as a direct comparison and I think John Barnes mentioned along the same way if somebody did a picture and stuck it next to the whether it be the Milky Bar kid whether it be Ronald McDonald's clown you know and it was a white player I don't think it would have the same uproar but it just looks like at the moment in today's current climate that they have to do make a noise have to do something knee-jerk and I think that you know like I said they've just gone a little bit too far with this one. Julian you obviously work uh, really heavily with your creation Football for Football so tell us a little bit about that and how it's all going it looks like it's uh, it's going from strength to strength. 
absolutely. It's been a, you know, a very, very long build. It's a very content-based and very content-heavy sort of resource. One of the major things that I had to do coming back from my playing career, and you know, funny enough, even related to situations like this, it's we're trying to give players, coaches, and parents sort of the inside track of what's required to be a professional footballer. We've been very fortunate to have players from grassroots, non-league, right up to a, right all the way to World Cup captains, give insight, information, and some things we do cover is actually you know race where we've had players talk about you know back in the day where. There was no blur. There was no. It was literally black and white. Mm. They was, and this is what we're trying to do. Which is the same. Just because you're perceived non-elite, you shouldn't be denied elite resource, insight, and understanding. And hopefully, we're going to be able to amplify that and maximise participation, regardless of age, level, or goal. Yeah, sounds brilliant, Julian. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for talking to us. No, much appreciated, guys. That was Julian Dow, former professional footballer for Wigan and Rochdale, amongst others, giving his opinion on the situation with Bernardo Silva. My opinion on this is sometimes, and particularly in the modern day, Steve, it's easier just to say sorry, even if you don't think you've done nothing wrong, which actually probably goes against some of my principles as a person. I think if if you don't think you're wrong for something, why should you apologise? But in the football world, when there's so many eyes and so much scrutiny on you, sometimes you just have to go... I'm sorry, and move on and not sweep it under the carpet. But certainly, if you apologise, that gets all the monkeys off your back. Everyone's sort of leaving you alone for a bit and you can move on. Manchester City, as Julian points out, will have a difficult situation because if this ban from the FA is six games, Mm. that is more than the proverbial slap on the wrist. That's a, a big punishment for a key player. Yeah, I think you know to to answer the you know the first question. I think you're absolutely right. I think um, it, it has been an error of judgment, um, like like we we talked about. It's the stuff that probably will be better in the group chat. Sure, one hundred percent. I think it, it you know looking at it, and you'll totally agree with what Julian's just said. You know, on, on the podcast, um, what I'm concerned about is 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 this you know potential six game ban for uh, Bernardo Silva. Uh, that comes off the back of something like this, um, I think that would be, you know, quite harsh, uh, you know, to ban him for that for that level of games. Yeah, it sets a precedent. Um, it though, does I set suppose. a precedent. Yeah, mm. because we, you know, we were just looking at um, Luis Suarez with the famous incident with with Patrice Evra. How many games was that? Uh, he got banned for eight games. Mm. Now, even as a Liverpool fan, I still think that was a, a, a very unpleasant, uh, you know, incident that that sure. went on. Um, I think I was embarrassed at the way my club handled it. Um, because you remember who played a game at Wigan and had the, the free Suarez t-shirts on and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Penny Dalglish was that, a it? nightmare with the media. I just think that, yeah, they're probably going to have to hold their hands up and say, listen, it's an error of judgment. Um, you know, we we support the you know the various work that, that good bodies do around this subject. And, you know, he'll, t- he'll take uh, whatever recommendation the FA, you know, puts what, to him. But What responsibility has is, is Pep Guardiola got in this sort of situation? Because he, uh, he's uh, he's put his hands up and said, I'm not going to control my players' social media output. No, no, no. I, I think the problem most Manchester City fans had with Pep, or at least a large portion of Manchester City fans, was that he, not that he didn't come out and vilify it because he, in his opinion, didn't see the issue with it, much like Bernardo, much like John Barnes, much like Julian, yeah. hasn't yeah. seen an issue with it, which is absolutely fair enough. I think the problem was... Pep should have just said, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference to my day-to-day job. Doesn't make a difference to how I control the players. Doesn't make a difference to our training. Doesn't make a difference to our games, which is what he's there to talk about. Yeah, football. Do you know what, do you know what? So I think that would probably have been a better thing for him to say. But, you know, listen, it's English is his third language. 
Yeah. And, you know, he's a man with opinions, much mm. like everyone else is in the game. So, you know, he, he's well within his rights to... I just feel so that. frustrated with, <laughs> with with all this social media chat, to be honest. Yeah. I just get so frustrated yeah, with it. It's, it's like, I, f- I reckon, like, especially when we do podcasts like this, we spend half the time talking about what people have said on, on Twitter as opposed to the actual football games themselves. Mm. It just, it just, it almost, like, kind of bores me to tears, all this social media <laughs> stuff. I can also, see you crying oh, now. Yeah, oh. it, it's like when, when you know, oh, team, like, managers like Pep or, or Jürgen or Oli Gunnarsholska have press conferences. Yeah. Even, like, the media are going in and they're going for the jugular with the questions that they're asking and they are detracting from what they're there to talk about. Uh, in, honestly, in if, if I was a professional footballer, I don't think I'd have a social media account. I honestly don't think I would. No, uh, I don't, well, what's the benefit? Uh, yeah, you're just what's gonna... the benefit of a social media account? You can make money from Instagram. Yeah, you you yeah. can but get sponsorships. You don't need to be tweeting about things. Just, right I think there's a commercial aspect to it. I think you know there's there's a lot of oh, if it's you're, not football. If, that's I know, just, but oh. if you're if you're a Nike or an Adidas or a Puma and you're paying these players big money for endorsements. I think you know there's got to be some content put out to your millions of followers. I think that will be part of your or your deal that's going on. So I think there is that obligation. Well, I mean, you look at big sporting stars across what, what, the time. What? Tiger Woods, for instance, lost a load of sponsors when yeah. he went through what he went through ten like, years if, ago. If if Paul Scholes was playing as a professional today, he wouldn't have Twitter. No, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be doing that. No, so why, so why do not, other no, no? So why do no. other professional footballers who just want to win trophies have to worry about that? It's rubbish. I think. The, the other side of it is a, being a footballer is probably at times quite a lonely profession because you're kind of in hotel rooms, you're doing a lot of travelling. Yes, there's the banter with the lads in oh, the squad and stuff tough. like that. It's a tough life. That's what, that's what footballers life. struggle with in retirement. It is what they struggle with. And I think when they're putting content out on Instagram or like pictures of them playing in a game or, Makes new, them feel or, loved. or new boots that, that Nike have given them, sure. um, I just think they want that interaction with people. Agreed. And I think that is, is just the world we live in unfortunately and a lot of our commerce and commercial obligations are are you know uh, conducted on social yeah. media and i think it's something that's not going to go away um i think that some players are more naive than others i mean this is a subject that i'm not that comfortable talking likewise, with to be fair likewise um i'm a bit kind of nervous getting into a proper debate about this mm. um because it, it's you know people misinterpret you know what you say and the way you say it and all that. I totally agree. Um, and I think that uh, th- th- this whole thing is, is is a sad situation. It's an innocent you know kind of message between two friends, like Julian said, good friends, good camaraderie. They've played at other clubs together, and it's been blown well out of hand. And and there'll probably be people that don't agree with me when they say that. But yeah, that, six, that, six games is over the top. Six games is well, over the top for I, it. I think the the general feeling amongst you guys in the studio and Julian was that it's a bit of a storm in a teacup. Obviously, those people that don't agree with us don't have the right to reply. So I should say that it did have connotations to some people and some people were offended by it, which is why there's an issue there. Yeah, that, I, I, that's I why there's an that. issue there. Even though it that. wasn't targeted, yeah, yeah. even though it wasn't targeted at them, it was targeted at Mendy. There are people that felt offended by what was posted in what is ultimately a public domain bernardo has six hundred and fifty thousand followers you know it's like we say i'm going to go back to my original point massively naive massively it's hugely naive, naive. huge and learning curve a massive learning curve he's a young guy he's, he's in a he's you know he's he's portuguese guy who's living in manchester um and and this will be a massive learning curve for him mm. and i think that I, you know like you said before i think that the hands up you know listen i've got this wrong um, I'm going to work with the various bodies on this. Um, I even don't, if you don't think you're wrong, sometimes even, that's what I, I you need to do. I just think he's got to do it. But I think that there's got to be there's got to be some ownership taken, uh, you know, it, around the situation really, because I think 
he has got it wrong and you know it's it, it is sad and it's a storm in a teacup and I just think that it's it's just really frustrating to be fair and you know and I'm kind of running out of words to say about well, it that's a good time to move on because we're going to actually talk about the football now yes. Stefan yes. yes we're back in the game he's stopped crying now he's wiped away his tears of boredom <laughs> um, this will interest Steve because of course Red Bull Salzburg or RB Salzburg as we should call them probably take on Liverpool Jurgen Klopp's priorities Stefan against the fans priorities or are yeah. they in line this season Liverpool want the Premier League Klopp wants the Premier League the fans want the Premier League they all want the same thing so they are in line but yeah, is I, that at the expense of the Champions League this I, year? I think they want both I think if I was to ask Steve what he'd rather have this year I think this year he'd rather have the Premier League because he got the Champions League last year. But look at him. He, he's he been talking about Istanbul tonight already. Like he, <laughs> he, he loves the Champions League, so give Steve the Champions League as well as the Premier League. I think that... Uh, you have a love affair with the Champions League. We do have a love affair oh, with the Champions be- League. And it's beautiful. And we, have, we have an it's affinity beautiful. with it because... You know, we've got a, a, what we've won it six times, haven't we? And we're, I think, we're what third, fourth on the list yeah. now. You know, behind um, Real other Madrid. teams, Real Madrid, uh, AC Milan, Bayern have five as well. Bayern have five, so yeah. I think it's Real Madrid, AC Milan. I think, it? but, yeah. um, I think it, it's a them nights at Anfield. There's so much special about the Champions League nights at Anfield when you're in the ground and when that music starts coming on the players. Are lining oh, it'd be up. amazing! It's just it's sensational. But I think. Our priorities this season uh, are the Premier League first and for- foremost. There's no doubt about it. We've got to get that that kind of, like you said before, monkey off our back, really, because sure. it's, it's you know 30 years. Um, I th- and I think we're in a good position to do it. But I think the Champions League, if we can get a good run in the Champions League where we, maybe we get into the quarterfinals, or, I think that would be acceptable. Um, I don't see us winning both. I think... We've got this thing with the ineligible player in the Carabao Cup. So you might minute. have to replay that game against um, MK Dons. Uh, who who was I mean, the ineligible player? Uh, I think it was Chirivella, wasn't Chirivella, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh. But for me, I just wonder. You know, I'm a bit skeptical about kind of you know things like that, and I just wonder if there's summit in that where it's being done so we're out of that competition. Oh. Uh, I don't know. It's a big shout. Stan and, sound like a Celtic fan. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> what was um, me. You know, it, it's not what was me because I'm not particularly asked about it. But you know, it's. Um, Do you I know just, what? I, I think I think Klopp's um, would be so pleased with how the season started. Not only with Liverpool's form in in the league, but how other teams have kind of started. I think he can afford to rest some players in the first bit of the Champions League. He won't and do that tonight, mate. Rest them so much, he can play ineligible ones instead. <laughs> 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 yeah. But but honestly, he's in a great position at this moment in time. Like if I was Klopp, just go for both, man. Come on. Yeah, I think he will go for both. I think they'll try and have a decent FA Cup run. But Liverpool, they'll want to win the World Club Championship in, yeah. in Qatar because of the kudos that comes yeah, with that. Be of being world champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're in a decent position. They'll have potentially two games if they get to the final. In it hmm. uh, in December. Um, in the well, new who, who, who do they play like? Yeah, the the Melbourne know. Pirates uh, in the it's like Alan or something like that. Yokohama, somebody. It's the Middle Eastern team that Xavi, the former Barca midfielder, manages. Okay. Um, but the most likely final opponent for Liverpool, because I don't think they're going to get knocked out, um, is Monterrey from Mexico, right. who also played against Chelsea in the World Club championship in 2012 when Chelsea won the Champions League so they're not a bad side not and bad they side. wouldn't be to get to the stage yeah, uh, uh, of the World Club Cup um, well, but like you say yeah it, it's going to be a tough season for Liverpool because of the amount of competitions you've got the extra competition in December which means you're going to miss games which means there's going to be a pile up of games at some which point which means the FA Cup might get sacrificed you know in terms of like well you know the kids are getting put out in it and the kids have done well at uh, MK Dons there's been, well mid- there's been a lot of highlights that come from that particularly Harvey Elliott Kai Yana, who 
Juve and, and Curtis Jones has played well and obviously the goalkeeper Kelly had a great game as well. Mm. Steve, um, who's who's almost like Liverpool's best second string team? Like for example, for, in a Champions Jesus League group Christ. game against a lesser a lesser opponent, so to say. I'm saying lesser with with my fingers like this. Yeah, yeah. Good, well, obviously. well Milner will play because the engine on the man's amazing, but he'll always play at right back or something like that in the League Cup games, doesn't yeah. he? He tends to play in a full back role. I don't, think he'll else come into I don't think he'll start tonight. Origi I think, up front, maybe. Uh, I think he, if, if he plays Origi, he tends to kind of rest Firmino, doesn't he, when he, when he right. uh, plays Origi. I'm not expecting any massive changes tonight. The only one through Matip's injury will be Joe Gomez coming in, I think. But I think we can pretty much bank on what that Liverpool team's going to be. Naby Keita is ready for action, obviously. I think he might come on from the bench. Um, if he does start, which would be a bit of a surprise, it probably will be for Wijnaldum, I think, because Fabinho and Henderson are, are, are starters. And I think what will happen in the Champions League and in the Premier League, he's going to put his strongest possible 11 out for every single one of them games. Uh, I think it'll be the cup competitions yep. that will suffer. Um, it's a tough game tonight. You know, Salzburg, they've had a good result against Genk. I think yep. everyone's running away with the Haaland hype. Uh, Erling Haaland coming yeah. to town. The new and, Ibrahimovic. And, and he's kind of making some noises as well, like, you know, like Liverpool aren't ready for me and all that. <laughs> um, he has scored 11 goals this season. I know, but he scored 11 goals in a particularly weak league. Yeah, you know he's not come up yeah. against the likes of you know Virgil. Um, uh, you know Salzburg will probably be a decent game tonight, but I still expect the Liverpool win. Um, I think this lad has got a big future ahead of him. I mean, I know that Man City and Juventus um, allegedly have a pre, you know, have had options uh, or bids, should we say, uh, accepted for him. Uh, I believe Man United are in the mix with it as well uh, yeah. to sign him. Um, I just think it'll be business as usual tonight. I think, you know, backs to the wall for certain periods in the game, but I think we'll have enough quality to get through it. All Liverpool needs to do in these Champions League games is just keep ticking them off. Uh, Napoli was always going to be a really difficult place to go, and we obviously got turned over 2-0 up there, even though we were were good for large parts of that game. Um, You've just got to win your games against Salzburg, Genk home and away. And, um, and hopefully get some against Napoli at Anfield. But I still expect us to go through. Um, what about Chelsea then, Stefan? They face Lille in Lille. Um, Lille are currently bottom of the Champions League group, albeit after one game. They lost 3-0 to Ajax, uh, who also complete that group, Group H, with Valencia. That's a hard group for Chelsea, particularly in the situation that they're in at the moment. Well, yeah, they've, they've, they lost their opening game. Um who did they lose their opening game to again? Valencia, one Valencia, 0. yeah. It was in, it was in Valencia, wasn't it? It was at the bridge. Was, oh yeah, sorry, Rodrigo Moreno scored, didn't he? Mm. It's tough. Obviously, Ajax did really well last season. Valencia, a decent team. I, I don't know. It depends how this Chelsea team kind of form over the coming months, um, because they get they've got a little bit of form behind them now. Um, I don't know. It's touch and go whether they qualify for that. I think they'll be all right, mate. The expectations on them in the Premier League are very low. Is it a similar? situation for them in the Champions League Steve do you think the expectations are low or do you think that maybe because of the players that they've got that it will be more of a target for Lampard I mean obviously their aim is to finish European spots regardless because they're a Chelsea football club but you know Lampard's in the Champions League if he does get through this group I mean who knows what can happen I I think they might steal second in this group Uh, I think they might get they might go through at the expense of Valencia um, I don't think he's made a bad start. I think he's got him playing decent football. He's playing young English lads in the team and, and picking up the odd result as well. Um, I think Chelsea this season, and you know, I remember when you know Frank was talking to them in summer, and the discussions went on till something like three a.m. in the morning. Um, I think they'll they'll be just going for what they can get this season. Um, transfer ban, uh, new manager. Loads think, of kind of British players to to blood, and I think if they can get to the knockout stages of the Champions League, 
and avoid that Thursday, Sunday, and going to you know places like Kazakhstan and stuff like that in the Europa League. I think they they take that. It's it's an absolute wonderful position for Lampard to be in in terms of in the Champions League, no pressure situation. I don't think they're expected to go through very very far. So the further they get, it's just an absolute bonus for him. And what a great experience for like the next two or three years for these young players. I think I I think Chelsea have probably gone okay. What's the two or three year plan here? Um, because we've got this transfer ban, we've got a new manager who's, doing, who's done a decent job at Derby with some really kind of good loan signings that he that he brought in. Um, I think it's a it's a project, and I think it's a bit more of a it's not a bigger project as what Man United have got on the hands at the minute. Um, I think they'll go and sign some players next summer. I think Frank's got them playing decent football. Um, so I just think they'll get what they can, and I think they'll take that. I mean, they got beat by uh, Liverpool at home, but got got you know standard ovation off the pitch. Um, it, it, there's a bit of positivity around Chelsea it feels at the minute I yeah. mean even though the Ross Barkley thing's a bit of a storm in the teacup Frank Lampard said it was a little bit naive of him eating chips at the back of a cab the other night but listen if I missed a penalty in a Champions League game I would be stuffing my face with chips as well to make myself <laughs> feel better about it so yeah, that's yeah, the way yeah, it goes yeah, yeah. Uh, so Chelsea travel to Lille tonight in the Champions League Liverpool host Red Bull Salzburg this has been Football Social Daily thank you very much for listening thanks Steve cheers lads. thanks Stefan make Thanks, sure you subscribe mate. so you never miss another episode and if you've got an Amazon Alexa smart speaker go and find our skill just ask Alexa to open sports social and it will give you Premier League match reports match previews ahead of the game it'll also give you the live score and if you support any one of the 20 Premier League teams tell Alexa what team you support whilst you're in this skill and it will give you daily news updates on your club so it's worth checking out anyway for now this has been Football Social Daily and we'll speak to you again tomorrow Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.